Welcome to the Apostles' Corner, where we discover the truth and we become the living proof. Hello, I am your host, Brian A. Harris. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to our podcast. Again, I say that each week because I'm very, very excited about you tuning in and thinking that and believing in the content and the subjects that we have to offer here at the Apostles Corner to be a blessing in your life. You are a blessing to me too, because many of you talk back with me and you encourage me uh, on the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm teaching and and, and the way I'm serving you. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve, especially in times like these. We live in such a digital age and you can find great content all over the world and you do not have to be here at the Apostles Corner. So I'm grateful for every subscriber, every uh, YouTube subscriber, every person on every uh, digital outlet for podcasts that I'm on, you guys subscribing and and just your rating and all of these things and comments that you're making to me. Social media, all of you are impacting my life as I am doing my best to impact yours. Uh, we have been in a season uh, for the first season of the Apostles Corner, which I'm very grateful for, called, the, called Growing Older. This is very important to me because basically what I'm really sharing to you is that, again, from the very beginning, I started with uh, episode one. Uh, when I'm talking about being a late bloomer, I'm a late bloomer. I'm, I've been so green and uneducated and unexposed to so many things that it is absolutely not funny. I have not achieved great things uh, in my uh, assessment of my life uh, until after 40. Everything that I grew in, I grew in it after 40. And if you can imagine if I've only been in it for six years, how I am still growing because I feel like I'm still behind. And no, I'm not in a rat race to catch up with where everybody else is. I'm just becoming who God is calling me to be and embracing it with my whole heart and my whole mind, soul, spirit, strength, everything. I'm just truly embracing who God's called me to be and really learning every single day to be comfortable in my own skin. Uh, I don't want to be a shadow of anyone else or photocopy or a duplicate of anyone else. I just literally enjoy being who God has made me. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have this podcast because it's kind of my baby. I love it. I, I take it very, very personal. Uh, and that's why you get so much transparency here because I can just speak how I feel and, uh, and it, whoever it affects in a positive way, uh, I'm very grateful for that. And if it affects your spiritual growth and spiritual formation, I'm really more excited even about that. So this is, uh, again, season one, Growing Older. And uh, today our journey is going to be embarking upon episode nine as we talk to you today about growing through temptation. Man, this is going to be a good one. So you definitely want to tune in. And everybody goes through temptation. We go through temptation on a daily basis. Uh, there is nothing about our lives that are, 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 you know, totally alike. But this is one area that we all face the same type of things in some type of way. And that is temptation. 
And so when we talk about temptation, the first thing that I like to do in any subject where we're just trying to dissect and figure out what it means is to actually define what does it mean. So in Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, it describes temptation to mean the enticement to do evil. And Satan is the tempter. So the the goal is is the enticement to to, uh, do evil. And the tempter is actually Satan. We find this proof of Satan being the temper, tempter. Uh, excuse me, I'm tongue-tied already. Matthew 4 and 3 and uh, 1 Thessalonians 3 and 5. And so beginning with Eve, Satan has successfully tempted Adam, Cain, Abraham, and David all to sin. He was less successful with Job. And you know the story of Job. Job went through a whole lot of just ridiculous things seemingly to us. When we read it, it just seemed like it's just, you know, for a man that just, you know, pursued peace, he saw he sure did get a lot of chaos and trouble and what I would like to call just flat out hell. Just seemed like for no reason for a man who was just minding his own business and living for God. Right. And raising his children to be godly right and he just got a lot of things he was tested like to the max as if you can you know if if, you know you want to say that Uh, he was tested to the max so he was less successful with Job, however and jesus was tested in every way as we are and hebrews 4 and 15 says yet without sin yet without sin jesus himself got was tempted isn't that something Jesus himself was tempted. So you're going to be tempted because Jesus was tempted. All right. The devil is the tempter and we don't want to follow him. But Jesus is our model and our example of what to do with temptation and how to overcome and grow through temptation. So we want to make sure that that's one of the focus that we we catch on to early in this in this uh, episode, because we want to make sure that Jesus is always our example all right we want to follow jesus example in every single solitary way all right so with that being said james explains that god cannot be tempted by evil god cannot be tempted by evil and neither uh does god tempt anyone that's james 4 and 13 Uh, a lot of people think that god tempts people with evil, but he absolutely does not. He does not tempt people with evil. And I'm going to break it down. There are two different types of temptation. There are two type, two different types of being tested. Now, temptation may be for the purpose of destroying a person through sin, leading to hell, death, and hell. Now, that's Satan's intent for t- tempting you or testing you. He's counting on you to obey whatever, a yield rather, to the temptation that he has placed before you. That's Satan's intent. God may allow, however, testing for the purpose of bringing forth faith and patience, which is not testing of evil. He's not testing you with evil. He's testing you with good, with a good intention for what? To lead you and bring forth patience and faith, which ultimately brings honor to him. As in the case of Job, it brought honor to him. He got double for his trouble in the end. James further explains that a blessing awaits the one who endures temptation. That's James 1 and 12. All right. James describes the mechanism of temptation. 
Each person, James 1 and 14, it says, each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. So what the devil is tempting you with is already inside of you. You're very well capable of doing it. You're very well capable of being attracted to it already. Matter of fact, you are attracted to it already. And I'm going to break this down in just a second. So I often say we are distracted by what we are attracted to. We are tempted, and it simply means this. It just simply means this as it relates to temptation. We can only be tempted with what we are already attracted to. Temptation is a distraction that draws you away from godly living to drive you into a life of ungodly and sinful passions as you yield to each temptation. So we are distracted by what we are, we are distracted by, distracted by, excuse me, what we are attracted to, which simply means that we, the only thing that the devil can tempt you with is what your flesh already desires. We are drawn away by our own lust and entice. We already desire. We already want it. All the devil does is paint it up, you know, and, and invite you into an invitation invites you into a, a lifestyle, rather, of, uh, of, of, of just yielding to this life of sin and ungodly passion. All right. So the origin of the temptation is attributed to the fall of human nature. We must understand that our human nature, our flesh, it is a fallen human nature. It, it, it does not want to worship God. It has no desire. It is rebellious to God. It, it loves and craves what it wants. Uh, anything that's forbidden is exactly what it wants. This is not new. This started in the garden with Adam and Eve. This is not new at all. We know how this works. And most likely all of your life, you have been tempted many times, no matter how many times you won the battle, you are still being tempted in some of the areas that you've always been tempted in. And, and, and literally you just don't understand why you're still being tempted in these areas. You don't get how you can just, you know, be minding your business. Then all of a sudden you have this strong desire for something that God has forbidden in your life or through scripture for your life. Right? So, so, so the origin of the temptation is attributed to the fallen nature, Romans six and six, Ephesians four and 22 Colossians three and nine and second Corinthians five and 17. And on the other hand, God does not desire his children to be ensnared by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Romans 12 and 21. Now, God does not want us to be ensnared by this evil. He's not, he, that's not why he would test us. Matter of fact, he allows the temptation to come. He allows the enemy to tempt us. He'll, he'll do it. He will allow the temptation to come. He allowed the temptation for Job. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He introduced, you know, Job to the devil. Have you considered my servant Job? He's like, yeah, I've been there before, but you got a hedge of protection around him. All right, I'll remove it. So he gave the devil permission to go and tempt 
Job. He knew he could count on Job, and that's really when God allows the enemy. He allows the enemy to tempt us because he wants us to show the devil that we are going to choose him and not the devil. We're going to choose God over the devil. We're going to choose righteousness over unrighteousness. We're going to choose godliness over ungodliness. We're going to choose salvation over sin every single time. That's the reason why God allows us to be tempted. And I'm going to show you later on, we're going to talk about, you know, what happens when uh, I fail the test. We're going to deal with how to grow in this situation and grow through temptation because we're all going to, um, you know, experience it. All right. And I need you to walk away from this podcast, understanding that temptation is not the worst thing in the world. It's always going to be our decisions that makes the difference. All right. So next, James uses a metaphor that of a woman bearing children to paint a terrible picture. Once a person has been drawn away by his own desire, Desire becomes pregnant and gives birth to sin. Now, let's look at the word desire. The word desire, another word for it is called lust. Now, when we hear this in church, or I know me, when I heard it in church my whole life, the first thing I've always thought is just, it's got to be it's got to be something related to some sexual passion, right? But that's because I was young, and and I was, I was literally uh, just a growing boy. My hormones were changing. I was discovering things in my own flesh and all of that. So, so, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, the church was not talking to me about these things. They were not giving, it was always just don't do it. It was never really a why other than hell, but I didn't think that hell was coming tomorrow. And after so long, you start seeing hell off in the distance and you really don't care that hell exists anymore. The more you feed your flesh, the less you trust in the things that, that God has said. And I, and I say that with all of my, my mind. And even if you have conviction, you turn conviction into condemnation or a, a reason to be offended because you are enjoying the pleasures of the flesh and the flesh don't want to be told no. All right. So all of us go, everybody feels that feeling and those feelings and that attitude about uh, our, our, our lives when uh, we, 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 we are challenged to repent and give up that sin. Right. So but here's the danger, because we need to understand that once a person has been drawn away by his own lust or desire or sinful passions, desire becomes pregnant and gives birth to sin. Now, here's some encouragement in the middle of this, because many of us have the mindset or the belief that temptation is sometime is the sin. Some temptation is the sin. Temptation is the sin. Temptation is not the sin. Everybody is tempted. Jesus was tempted. The Bible said he was tempted, but, but without sin. All right. So if Jesus was tempted without sin, we can also be tempted without sin because Jesus is now living in us through the Holy Spirit. Right. So temptation is not sin. That's encouragement. So when you start being tempted, don't feel like you're, you know, I heard people say that I'm not, I don't feel saved. I don't think you're supposed to feel saved. I think you're supposed to know and believe you're saved because you gave your life to the Lord and you got to give yourself to God and yield yourself to God every single day. 
Temptation may come with some nasty feelings, with some some really nasty uh, thoughts or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, regardless of what you are feeling or thinking or sensing, you are not committing a sin because you are tempted. So temptation is not sin. Yielding to temptation is a sin. That's the difference. Temptation is not a sin. Why? We're all going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, but without sin. But yielding to temptation is a sin. Jesus said that cherishing adultery in thought is to commit adultery already. Matthew 5 and 28. So when we cherish adultery in our heart, cherish it, it means that we 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 in love with it. We we have a, we have a passion for it, and it's like when you look up at a woman or a man, uh, you know, and you and you and you have a thought and you cherish this thought. Oh my God, I, I I wish I could, or if I had a chance, I would. If I, you know, and you got all you got a whole scene playing in your head about what you would do based on what your eyes are seeing. If you had the opportunity. Because temptation can't be temptation if it is not opportunity, some type of opportunity to go against the word of God or go against God himself, right? Or to even a sin against your own body. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, when we cherish this thought of adultery in our heart, you know you got a wife or a husband, but you're looking at somebody else and you're desiring them and you're saying, I wish I had a got with her or wish I had a got with them. If I had the chance, oh, he must be a lucky man because blah, 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 blah. Now you're committing two sins. Excuse me, one that is covetous because you're saying if you was with her, what you would do or what you would with him, what you would do. Or you're you're you or, and you mean you're coveting and you are committing adultery in your heart because you're only thinking about what can satisfy you or what you're thinking about is somehow sexual in nature. All right. Matthew 5 and 28. You've already committed a, a, a adultery in your heart. So don't be tempted. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to meditate on it. It's another thing to come up, paint scenes in your head and have thoughts and ugly thoughts and sinful thoughts in your own mind about things that you would love to play out. And then you get hooked on your own thoughts about what you would do with somebody else's husband or wife. Or just with somebody else and you have a wife or a husband. All right. When the full cycle of yielding to temptation is completed, sin in turns bring forth death. Watch this. This is important for us to know. It says it brings forth death. Now, what does this bring forth death look like? For the unbeliever, spiritual death is to be separated from God forever in the lake of fire according to Revelation 20 and 10 and verse 15. For the believer, sin that brings forth death may mean, it may mean that he or she is disciplined by God by dying early. Here go my scripture references for that. That's Acts chapter 5 and verse 1 through 5, 1 John 5 and 16, and Galatians 6 and 8. Now, Paul explains 
Now watch this, that no temptation has ever overtaken you except what is common to humanity. There is nothing that you can be tempted with that nobody else is being tempted with. Ain't nobody else going through what I'm going through. No one else is being tempted how I'm being tempted. No one else, no, he says it's common to humanity. So you're gonna, you're not gonna you don't have you have an area in your life that the enemy gonna tempt you in that no one else is ever being tempted in. You are not alone in temptation. Everybody is being tempted in every area of their life by the enemy at some point in their life. So all humans experience temptation. So he said, You are not overtaken in temptation, and nothing has come on you except what is common to humanity so this is a natural common temptation no matter how strong it may be god is faithful however and he would not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able god has given you the ability to withstand temptation but with the temptation he will provide the way of escape so that you are able to bear it that's first corinthians 10 and 13 god has already provided a way for you to escape so you're able to handle the temptation you have to listen to god you got to look for that escape route when temptation comes joseph did it he ran when potiphar's wife grabbed his robe when he i mean she was ready she was ready he was handsome, he was productive, he was smart, apparently, and God's favor was on him, and she wanted a piece of that favor, and he ran. He chose God, and even though it still got him into trouble with man because of her lies, he still had the favor of God on his life regardless of her false accusation. And many times when you run from, from, from those ungodly passions, especially when it relates to sexual sin like that, sometimes people will still say that you did something to them and you never did. And they will just run with it and they'll run with it and it'll get you in trouble with man, but you are still being right standing with God. All right? Now watch this. God desires us to withstand the temptation and glorify him in our bodies which have been purchased by his blood. That's 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. So, so, so here it is. He desires us to withstand the temptation. God doesn't want us to give in to the temptation. He desires for us to withstand the temptation and glorify him in our bodies, which have been purchased by his blood. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. Now, the pocket dictionary of ethics teaches this. Temptation is that which attempts to persuade a person to do wrong especially by promising a good result such as pleasure or gain. See, this is something else that we're missing a lot of. See, many of us don't take pleasure in our relationship with God because we don't really delight in him the way we should. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give us the desires of our heart. Well, when we miss out on delighting ourselves in the Lord, he gives us, and, and, and then we don't get the desires of our heart, then guess what happens? Now the devil is going to give us the desires of our flesh, and he's going to come with some immediate pleasure. It comes through immediate pleasure. It is, I mean, it, you don't have to wait for it. It comes with immediate pleasure. It comes with even people that's going to participate 
in this pleasurable experience with you is people that will cheer you on to go in the wrong direction. People will walk in the wrong direction with you and let you tell you that you're just human and that it's okay and that it's fine. And look at what you're going to get out of it. You're satisfying something. Look, whatever, even if you don't get a relationship out of it, guess what? You at least... Oh, you get this out of it. You get that out of it. And, you know, you haven't been around nobody in a long time or been with anybody in a long time or you ever had this kind of money in a long time or you haven't had this or that in a long time or you're suffering in this area, you're missing out in that area. He's all the devil always trying to preach preach about what you do not get or what you do not have. And he tries to promise you. He, he tried to tempt Jesus with his own world. He tried, look, just look, you know, if you, if you do what I tell you then look i'll give you all of this and you got to be some type of narcissist i mean the devil he has to be a narcissist to give try to give jesus a world that already belonged to him <laughs> like he didn't know who he was no 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 I, show me no no I, i'm this is my world satan you tripping i'm not you can't tempt me with evil remember jesus or god cannot be tempted with evil Right, he can be tempted, but he can't be tempted with evil. And the enemy will try, and his goal is to try to get you and arrest you in this place to get you to make a decision, pressure you enough to make you feel like you have no other choice but to say yes to him. All right, now watch this. So he tries to promise us a, a good result such as pleasure and gain. What he really don't talk to you about is that that pleasure and gain is only moment, momentarily. And I'm not even sure if you ever get gain, but you may get some pleasure, but that pleasure may be temporary. But what really happens in our life when we walk in sin, especially as believers, when we walk in sin, he doesn't let us know. He doesn't tell us the truth about it because it's not pleasure and gain that we normally get. We normally get problems and pain. When we yield to temptation, he doesn't let us know that we're going to go through that. He doesn't tell us, he don't show us, or oh, you're ruining your life, or you're going to destroy your marriage, or you're going to destroy your children, or you're going to destroy your ministry, or you're going to destroy your influence, or you're going to destroy your finances, you're going to destroy your education, you're going to destroy your job. He doesn't, he doesn't talk to you about the things you're going to destroy. He just promises you pleasure and gain. But for most of us, we can testify through life experiences and making the wrong choice on a regular basis, some of us, what we really get is problems and pain. All right? Watch this. Now, the condition of being attracted to a course of action that is inappropriate or inconsistent with one's religious or moral beliefs. If it goes against your religion, or your relationship with God, let me say that, or moral beliefs, you should not be engaging in it. In other words, we should have a biblical worldview so that every decision we make in our life is, is somehow tied to the word of God, that somehow that we are trying to be obedient to God and his word, and if his word doesn't line up with it, then I should not be trying to walk in it. The concept of temptation is prevalent through a prevalent rather throughout the Bible, which portrays the source of the enticement to do wrong as a supernatural force, which is sin. 
or being Satan. So it's a force, which is sin, or being a person, uh, which is Satan, or as a disposition within the human person, which means the flesh, the fallen nature. All of, Again, we're drawn away by our own lust and enticed. Sometimes the devil is not really the one that's dangling the carrot. Sometimes we're just going out seeking for something that we're bored. We're, again, we're not delighting in the Lord. We're not enjoying our relationship with God because we're not seeking God. And we're not connected to him the way we should. We're not fellowshipping with him. We're not in the word. We're not praying. We're not fasting. We're not doing any of the disciplines that keeps us strong spiritually so that when temptation does come, we can say no to it because we're in love with Jesus. But because we don't spend time with him and let him pour into us, then what we usually do is spend a lot of time feeding our flesh so when the temptations of the flesh come, we just yield to it because it's normal. It's what we've been eating. It's been our diet the entire time to please our flesh. We've been feeding on it. We've been meditating on it. We've been thinking about it. We've been planning for it. All of this stuff. Some of us not even falling. We just decide, I'm going to run into sin. I, I'm not going to act like I'm making mistakes. I'm literally running there. I, I, this is how I live. This is how I live, right? So, all right, be careful about that. Now, because it's a fallen nature that you're answering to. All right, it's already been fallen. Unfortunately, we are wrapped in it, but fortunately, we have a spirit on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, that governs our life and can govern our life if we employ him. However, temptation can also denote a testing, often with the goal of bringing a person to a higher level of knowing, honoring, excuse me, or serving God. So often the goal, it's often the goal of bringing a person to a higher level of knowing, honoring or serving God. Now, that's the definition, that's the explanation, that's the uh, the way we describe temptation. Now, let me give you some growth strategies. Now, if you're like me and you're a Gen Xer and you're used, you know, and you used to, uh, you know, you growing up in church your whole life and you, you've been saved for any time, like I've been saved for, I don't know, close to 30 years, you know, and, and yes, I wish I was a lot further along in God. You're a preacher, though. It doesn't matter. I wish I was along or further along in God. I haven't always been mature. I haven't always been growing. I, you know, like I tell everybody, I didn't even understand what this true discipleship was till after I was 30. And I think I was somewhat around 30 or 35 when I even really embraced the word in understanding what it really meant. And so, um, if you are a Gen Xer for sure, you should be used to being tempted by now. At this point, you should stop acting surprised when you're tempted in areas of your life that are ungodly, right? Or the devil trying to get you produce something ungodly by, uh, you know, helping you to, or, you know, forcing you through sin to make a decision for sin. It should no longer be a surprise when temptation comes. We have to be honest with ourselves, however, and admit to ourselves that sometimes that we are the ones setting ourselves up to be tempted of the devil with evil, which means that sometimes even when the devil is not messing with us, we are messing with us. We are thinking about it. We Again, when you get bored, you should pick up your Bible. When you should, Matter of fact, there should be no reason for a child of God to be bored enough to enter into sin. There should be no reason at all for a child of God to be bored or without something to do. You can always pray. You can always uh, study the word of God. 
You can always turn on some worship music and worship uh, in your own personal time. You can always, you know, be faithful to church, uh, just like you would be to anything that you would do in the flesh. Um, uh, you're just turning your 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 purpose for life around. You're turning, you know, everything you used to be faithful to in the world and for the devil. Just turn it. Don't don't get rid of your your drive or your energy. Just turn it around. And give that to God, the same thing you would give to the world. It makes more sense in the world because it's coming. It's coming because everybody's doing it. This is what everybody does. But coming doesn't mean godly. Godliness is what seems uncommon to our fallen humanity because it goes against what the flesh wants to do. Right? So spirituality and, and walking in the spirit is uncommon to the flesh because it has no desire to please God. The flesh has no desire to please God. And it's always going to work against God every single time, every single time. So sometimes we're the problem. Sometimes we just conjure up. Sometimes we can't even say the devil tempted us. We just have this memory, this flashback of, way, of the way things used to be. And I want to tell you this now. Just because you remember a good part, again, you may remember the pleasure, you may remember the gains, but also I want you to remember the problems and the pain that yielding to temptation has brought into your life. Look how many people that you hurt. Look at how you hurt yourself. Look at the money you wasted. Look at the family members you, you hurt. Look at somebody else's life that you harmed. Maybe you've harmed your children because they've seen you walk in this ungodly lifestyle when clearly you're supposed to be a child of God. Maybe you haven't been a great example in front of them. And maybe, you know, you, 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 you're fighting now the guilt of that, but you gotta, you got to just give that up and give up the guilt and just let the Lord uh, wash your mind and wash your heart and, 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 and move you forward and progress you beyond your mistakes. But that is a testimony to somebody right now who may be struggling with um, temptation and needs to know, don't even do it. That way you don't have to deal with the guilt. Don't do it. That way you don't have to feel condemned. Don't do it. That way you don't have to wrestle with low self-esteem. Don't do it. I, tell, I say it all the time with my child, my daughter, don't do it. Just don't do it. I don't care how tempting it is. Just don't do it. Just don't. You have more value than that. You have more, 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 more sense than that. You have my testimony to ride off of. You do not need your own testimony and your own experience to believe it. Just trust me when I tell you, don't do it. Don't ruin your life off of one bad decision. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Just don't do it. Like, I'm just being honest. Don't do it. And I know it sounds like I'm I'm on a, 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 a you know a repeat uh, on repeat right now, but I am because that is so. It's important for you to know it's not worth it. It may seem like it in the moment because everything in your body, in your mind, and in your in your your flesh is engaged. But even in that that small voice of the Holy Spirit is saying, "Don't do it." Don't do it. You can turn around right now. You know you can go the other way. I know you drove all the way over here. You do not have to stop. You know you can change your mind right now. That's the way of escape that he's talking about, for you to bear the temptation. You know you can do it. 
And this is something I learned too about temptation. The more you say no to temptation, the stronger spiritually you become. The more you say yes and yield to temptation, the more stronger you become in your flesh and the more you yield to, to the flesh and the more common it is and more easier it is to keep yielding to the flesh. But if you yield to the spirit each time, the same effect takes place. The easier it is to yield to the spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the truth. So some of you may be asking this, how do I grow through temptation? <laughs> you may be saying, I mean, honestly, some of y'all like, okay, for real, honestly, how do I grow through temptation? What am I supposed to be gaining if I keep falling or yielding to temptation? Is this make sense? You know, I'm a, I'm saved, but I keep yielding to temptation. What's wrong with me? Paul said it's sin in me, right? What do you mean? In my flesh, there is no good thing. I already know that. You have to be aware of what's in your flesh. And what's in your flesh is no good thing. It is not going to promote anything godly because, again, the flesh works against the spirit. Now, let me help you with these questions today. All right? Number one, you can learn from your weakness. You literally can learn from your weakness. And not only that, you can learn your weaknesses. Temptation helps us to learn what areas we are weak in. Temptation, you know, I, I say this all the time. Nobody can tempt me with drinking, smoking, drugs, alcohol, nothing like that, right? But but there are areas in my life that I can be tempted in. So I may not be tempted in those areas, and neither can I judge you for being tempted in those areas, because remember, temptation is not a sin. But And I can't even judge if you yield to those temptations, because your struggle is different than mine. I, I, I cannot stand when people judge people for sinning differently than they do. My sin and your sin are no different. My struggle and your struggle are both strong and trying to strong arm us into a life of sin. And if we approve of the strong arm and stop fighting and resisting it, the devil will easily allow us to uh, cause us to make a decision in sin's favor every single time. So you can learn your weaknesses. And that's something that's really important. You got to learn because you can't guard against something that you don't know that you can be in an area where you can be tempted in. Number two, you can learn from your failures. I don't care how many times you fall. The Bible said a righteous man falls uh, seven times and, 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 and uh, he gets up, uh, 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 gets up every single time. Now, seven times is not the limit of how many times you can fall. But at the same time, which each time you fall, what he's saying is each time you fail, you should be gaining knowledge and awareness of how the enemy is tripping you up. All right. Even if it's whether it's a mistake or whether it's an intentional, uh, uh, you know, uh, decision that you're making, you should be learning from your failures. If your failures are not fatal, you should be learning from your failure. Every time you get up, you fall down seven and you get up eight, you should have a different lesson le Lesson at eight, right? You should have a different lesson say, okay, I put myself in this position and this happened. Oh, okay, I put myself in this position and then it was dark and, it, you know, whatever. And then I put myself in this position and uh, they I let them talk me into it. At the end of the day, 
you should be learning from your failures. You should be learning how the enemy, the Bible says don't be ignorant of the, of the devil's devices. You should be learning what those devices are every time you fail. Number three, you can establish healthy and godly boundaries to avoid yielding to temptation. If you don't, uh, you don't, you don't protect yourself or guard yourself against it, then you're actually asking for it. You're asking for uh, the, the enemy to put on display for you all types of sin that you know you cannot handle even the smell of or the you can't handle the the thought of you can't handle the 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 touch or the or the or the uh, promises of or gains that that comes with it the the pleasure that comes with you can't handle even thinking like that and you're already ready to go so establish healthy and godly boundaries to avoid yielding to temptation. Not being tempted, but avoid yielding to temptation. Number four, if you feel you were tricked, here's what a saying we have once. If you feel you were tricked, fool me once, shame on you. Okay, devil, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Why? Because I should have known the devil wasn't going to give up. He is relentless in tempting us. He is relentless in trying to get us to fall. He does not care how many times we said no. He's coming back. He's coming back when we feel on our worst day. He's coming back either when you're depressed or when you're successful or whatever the case may be. You don't have to be low for the enemy to come. You can be high and still not be thinking of the temptation, not guarding anything, not guarding your ears, your eyes, your 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 your, your senses. You're not you're not guarding against. You're not guarding your spirit. And so he comes right in on a happy moment with something, presents you with sin, trying to get you to fail. Your low moments, he does the exact same thing. He does not care. Everything don't have to be going wrong for you to go indulge in sin. Everything can be going perfectly fine, and you still can indulge in sin. Some of you, you indulge in sin because everything keeps going wrong and keep making God a promise that when things start going right, you will have a reason to fall into the trap of the, of the devil. But that's a lie. You can have things going absolutely 100% right in your life. Nothing is absolutely wrong in that moment and, and, and still fall prey to temptation and yield to it and commit sin with everything being perfect according to your standards. All right, number four. Number, number five. So, Fool me once, shame on you. Number four, fool me twice, shame on me. Number five, so take responsibility. If it's on you, if, he, if you did it more than twice, shame on you. Take responsibility for that. You can't even act like the devil tricked you because you, you knew it was him. You, you failed before. You should have known. If you, didn't, if you repented and said, I don't like this and I don't want to do this no more, you should have guarded against it. So it's shame on you now. So take responsibility. The difference between a mistake and a decision is 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 when a mistake is when you you have you have no desire to 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 uh to do anything. Uh, you you're not putting yourself in any positions. You're not doing. You're not uh you know putting you know testing the flesh. You're not putting fire in your bosom and and daring it to bear, burn you. You're not uh standing around and going around those who indulge in sin. Uh, so you you know you don't have to be tempted. You know, it's 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 when you literally get tricked and tripped up, and we have it, we can be tricked and tripped up, right? We can if we're if, and and we can get tricked and tripped up by anyone. 
But if it's the same stuff, it's more than once. Listen, you have the power to make a decision. A mistake is when you have no intentions on sinning. I'm not talking about, and you don't, you don't, I'm talking about when you don't even open the door for it. When you make no room for it, when you don't prepare for it, you, there is no way possible in your mind that you prepare, you've done everything you could not to put yourself in a position to sin. You're not thinking about sin. You may be thinking about glorifying God somehow. And then sin creeps at the door, knocks at the door, and unfortunately you answer and find yourself in a bad situation. It happens. It happens. It really happens. It's not an excuse, but it still happens. But a decision is when you know what you're capable of and, and, you, and you still put yourself in a position. A decision is when, when you know you don't need to go on nobody's dates right now because you haven't gotten your hormones under control. You have not given those things to God. A decision is when you know you don't, know how to handle money and you need money and you're willing to do anything for money, including sin against God to meet your greed, not your need, but to need your, your greed. Temptation in this area is no longer a mistake. Yielding to it is no longer a mistake. You can't keep doing the same thing for the next 10 years and still say, oh, Lord, I just keep making the same mistake. No, you keep making the same decision. You keep making the same decision. You're not tricked. You can't play the victim. You can't act like somebody, you know, did something to you that you didn't know was happening. You cannot even put on that performance. You can't even put on the pitiful look simply because you already know and knew from Jump Street. <laughs> from Jump Street that this wasn't going to end well. When you woke up that morning with that thought on your mind and then you put yourself in the position for it to take place, it is not a mistake. This is now a decision that you have made. Number six, when you are weak, here's another, here's some help for you. Stay away from your weaknesses. Come on, become self-aware. Grow up. Come on, grow up. I've had to do this. This is what I've learned over the years. I'm giving you things straight from my life. Grow up. When you are weak, stay away from your weaknesses. Well, I'm human. Exactly. But I just told you, you have a fallen human nature. So you have to walk in the spirit. Come on. It needs to be as obvious that you're walking in the spirit as it is that you are wrapped in human flesh. The human flesh, this fallen nature in our human flesh is never to be in control of our lives. So listen, I'm so stay away from your weaknesses. Stop opening the door. Stop testing it. Stop trying it. Stop acting like you're in control. You are not. Neither am I. Watch this. We live in a digital age. So sin, pornography, all kinds of things. Matter of fact, if you look on social media today, we, you can, it's a lot of good. But one of the things that is 
overpowering social media now and you don't even know how to get rid of it a lot and that is there's 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 there they just you know a lot of sexy women on on social media now they just it is actually no one over the you know that you are befriended or nothing it's just somehow ends up in your timeline instagram same thing twitter same thing unbelievable it's just porno just everywhere i mean it's, it's women shaking their behinds everywhere it's all kinds of sexual content everywhere at the end of the day trying to get us to think into this perverted world that is literally being just pushed into our hands on our cell phones. We can't log on and enjoy things that we usually able to enjoy without having to skim through all of this other craziness that we didn't even ask for. Didn't even ask for it. It's just happening. Can you imagine what this is doing to our children? If our children have Facebook pages and, and Instagram, especially Instagram and, and, and all these other different things that I don't even know what's out there, TikTok, all of these suggestions, because that's what temptation is, a suggestion. Ask Adam and Eve. The devil did not tell them what to do. He suggested what they had to do. And I tell people all the time, the devil makes suggestions. We make decisions. That's what temptation is. It is a suggestion. So number seven is going to be block any social media temptations. Do your best. You may not be able to filter through all of it or, or whatever. You may not be able to, you know, you know, get rid of all of it, but delete and block any social media temptations. Delete the app. Uh, just because, uh, uh, you know, uh, is there, you don't have to, you know, uh, hold on to certain things. Uh, there are people that's trying to make suggestions in your inboxes, block them. I don't care if it's people that you know and been knowing for your whole life and grew up to school with them, church with them, grew up with them, took a bath in the church, whatever. I don't care. Block them. If they are trying to suggest and, 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 and push you into yielding to temptation. You've got to want to be delivered from, from yielding to temptation more than you want attention. Glory to God. Because you know that moment of attention can cost you, cost you so much. It can cost you in waste of time. It can cost you in a waste of your mind. It can cost you in, 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 in time you, you'll never get back, energy you'll never get back, life you will never get back. Sometimes money you'll never get back. Man, and a name and reputation that will be hard to retrieve because now other people know what we are subject to. Somebody ungodly know what somebody who's supposed to be godly loves in their flesh. Now, what kind of witness is that? All right, so block anybody. Or well, they texting me and I need their number for business. Block them. Find another way. Find another way. If they're making suggestions, ungodly suggestions, find another way. Delete the app. Delete the number. Block them. Do whatever you got to do. Do not engage in it because it's trying to suggest to you that sin is better. Number eight. Learn to pray and study the word of God when you are tempted. This is one of the best ways to overcome temptation is to put something else on your mind. 
Again, play some worship music, praise music, whatever. Uh, pray to God, even if you have to cry because you you it's aching in your body that bad to just want to just yield to it. it. You'll have moments like that. That's common. That's common temptation. That is common to man. Your body will ache. You will crave. You will, your mind will, you know, you will feel like, oh, my God, I must be losing my mind. No, you're not losing your mind. You're gaining your peace. Learn to pray and study the word of God when you are tempted. Number nine, tell yourself daily. It is, if it's sinful, if it's sinful for me, then I am better than this. This is one thing that helped me overcome so much. I am better than this. One of the things I used to say in my early 20s as a, as a preacher, and I, I used to say all the time, I, I used to say, I used to tell people about sin and, and responding to the same type of sin over, uh, over time. You just keep falling into the same trap and you get tired of falling in the same trap. Just ask yourself a question and sober yourself up and say, where did it get me the last time? Yeah, it was pleasurable, but how long did the pleasure last? Yep. It brought me a few gains, gave me a little money. I had some good times. I gained some trips out of it. I got some, you know, excitement out of it. It seemed like I got a lot of joy out of it. It was just temporary pleasure, temporary gain. But in the end, I was depressed. I was full of pain. I was full of anxiety. This person was, was, was stalking me, whatever the case may be. You know, I tried to overcome when I tried to get delivered from it. It was a stronghold on me, and I just didn't think I could break it. I didn't think I could overcome it. Where did it get me the last time? Struggling in my relationship with God. I didn't have the confidence to serve God. I didn't have the confidence to worship. I didn't have the confidence to pray. I didn't even think God wanted me anymore. I didn't think God would restore me. I didn't think God loved me anymore. And it really never was about him loving me. He did love me. I just felt the guilt and the shame of where I have been and what I have done. And I put all of the things that I thought that I would think about myself I put all of that on God, not realizing that God was ready to forgive, restore, and bring me back into my rightful place with him. So, you got to tell yourself, I'm better than this. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite things to, to affirm my life, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I may be struggling in my flesh, but today I am determined I will not yield to the flesh. Here's the last one, number 10. Learn to master temptation. I tell people, every, again, I think I said it just earlier. If the, 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 the more you say no to temptation, the stronger you will get. The more you say yes to temptation, the weaker in, in God you will get. The weaker in your spiritual walk you will get. So say no every time, no matter how hard it is, when you say no every time, you get a step close. You get more strength. You get more, you're gaining. You're gaining strength in, in God. You're gaining strength in the Holy Spirit. You're gaining. You're not losing. You're winning. You're not losing. You're winning. So learn to master temptation. It's normal to be tempted and it's normal to avoid, escape, and overcome yielding to temptation. Jesus overcame temptation 
so that you and I could overcome temptation. Well, guys, that's all I have for you today. I pray to God that you were able to be blessed by this message and this podcast. You can do it. You got to tell yourself you can do it. Don't forget, you can follow me on social media at The Apostles Corner to keep up with what's going on here. Uh, and, uh, of course, an opportunity to join us for live events for on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Of course, you can share this podcast with your friends and ask them to join our community on these audio podcast platforms. Apple, App, Apple Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. And don't forget, you can join me every Sunday morning on Facebook and YouTube at Generations Church. That's G-E-N-E-R, the number 8-I-O-N-S, Church. Or you can feel free to join us in person at 9644 Mumel Boulevard, North Little Rock, Arkansas, 72113. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining me. I will see you next week for another episode, which is episode 10 of The Apostles' Corner. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.